So my message this morning is the challenge to change. How do I engage with the hard things of God? I'm going to start with the scripture from Ezekiel, chapter 11 and verse 19. I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll cut out your stone heart and replace it with a red-blooded, firm-muscled heart. This is such a powerful promise from God, and it's as true for us today as it was when Ezekiel spoke to the Israelites, who were in exile because of their disobedience. It is impossible to respond to the hard things of God with tenderness, not hardness, when we are relying on our own strength and ability. So what are these hard things of God? Many of them come from Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, from Matthew chapters 5, 6 and 7, which we were studying in our last sermon series. The big attitudes spoke about being poor in spirit, mourning, being meek, merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers. Jesus even spoke about being persecuted for our faith. These are hard truths, but we have to be able to embrace these attitudes if we are to live like Jesus and receive the blessings he promises. He also taught us not to be angry with our brothers and sisters in our Christian family. Not to lust by even looking, never mind committing the act. He taught us not to judge and to love our enemies. We were encouraged to be generous, to commit to prayer and fasting. Not to worship money or put too much emphasis on material things and definitely not to worry. I've never met someone who hasn't been anxious about something at some time, and I've had to learn some really hard things in my life. I think we would all agree we've learned something from these sermons, and they've been hard. I know I've certainly been challenged after studying these teachings of Jesus. So how do we change? The answer is God. He is doing a new thing, a deep inner work in us, giving us a new spirit and a new heart, transforming us into the likeness of his son so we can live our lives to his glory if we let him. Without this, it is impossible to respond to the hard things Jesus asks of us with tenderness and not hardness of heart. I'd like to share three ways I think will help us as we are challenged to change. The first is repentance. To repent, we change. Change our mind. Change our attitude. Change our direction. Change our destination. There is a clear call to change in Jesus' message as he calls us to respond first by acknowledging personal ownership of our condition instead of denying it, blaming others, 
and making excuses. If we are not willing to examine our behaviours in the pure light of Christ's teachings, we will be unable to change. When we enter into baptism, as Marty did and so many relate to witness that on Wednesday evening, we repent of our sins, die to our old way of living, and become a new creation in Christ. Jesus, who had no sin to repent of, was baptized for our sins, symbolically washing them away, presenting us with a picture of his death on the cross when he took away our sins, and his resurrection with the promise of new life. Repentance leads to righteousness. Jesus did not stand on the banks of the Jordan with the Pharisees, but got into the water to show us the right way to change. He is yoked with us in our turning or changing. Repentance also gives us hope. Hope of the new kingdom we enter, the kingdom of heaven. It is here, now, in the moment we repent and step into it. And we have hope that Jesus will return, bringing in its fullness when God will rule and reign. Without repentance, we have no hope of entering this kingdom. The second way to answer the challenge to change is to go and learn. I'd like to read a scripture that demonstrates this. Matthew chapter 9 verses 10 to 13. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. How do we hear the hard things of God and respond with softness? The Pharisees couldn't. They had withdrawn from sinners, built barriers against sinfulness. Their hearts were hard. They practiced their religious sacrifices. But God is a merciful, loving God. And he truly desires mercy, not sacrifices. The pharaohs paid full and faithful allegiance to ritual and law and all the rules. They thought their Messiah would punish sinners and reward righteousness, so they were unable to show love and tenderness to the weak. It is hard to recognize you've been wrong when you are convinced you've been right. For us to reach those in need, we will need soft hearts and a willingness to go to them and learn. We need to go to cross those barriers we have built up in our hearts. We need the love of God for us to be loving enough to want to get close to those broken 
any need to extend God's mercy. It's hard. A few years back, some of you may remember a young girl who came to live with us for a few months. She was a new mum, a recovering drug addict, and under the care of social services. She had been placed with family in our church who offered their home as a temporary refuge for these vulnerable people, and they brought her to church. The wonderful people of grace loved on her and made her feel part of the family. But she behaved so badly towards her baby and the family hosting her that she was removed and placed in a secure mother and baby unit where her behaviour could be monitored. As her pastor, I was privileged to be allowed to visit her once a week. Unfortunately, her behaviour didn't improve and it was decided she was unfit to care for her baby and he was removed, placed in foster care and later adopted. Because of her previous behaviour, she had made herself intentionally homeless, meaning the council was no longer obliged to home her. As she could no longer stay in the mother and baby unit without her baby, she had nowhere to live. She literally was homeless, so she came to stay with us. Sad to say, it was a real nightmare. I won't go into details. We showed her love and acceptance with boundaries, but our lifestyle was so different to what she'd been used to that one day she left without saying a word. We later discovered she'd moved in with a friend and was doing drugs again. It really hurt, and I felt an abject failure and so defeated that she hadn't seen the tender love that God had for her in me. So why not telling you this? So often we have wonderful testimonies of God changing lives and we're encouraged and blessed. But not all stories have happy endings. That's not the point. We are called to love the lost. And we can only do that if we are willing to cross that barrier and go and learn. We will never learn if we don't get out of our secure bubble and be willing to go to those who need mercy, truly knowing and understanding how much God wants to extend his mercy to them, even if they don't respond. How are we going to engage in a world that is desperate for something good? By going and learning and showing compassion. Jesus did. We need to throw out our arms to embrace those not in our circle, but those broken and in need, with the tender heart of Jesus, who lives in us by his spirit. The challenge to go and learn is a hard thing, and we can only do it with a soft heart. The third hard challenge to change is when Jesus asks us to stretch our love even further. He asks us to love our enemies. We really need the soft heart Ezekiel speaks of when we face this challenge. Let's look at how Jesus tells us to stretch out and love our enemies. Luke chapter 6 verses 27 to 31. To you who are ready for the truth, 
I say this, love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. If someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, give back your best coat and make a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tip for tat stuff. Live generously. Here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. And again in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. You've heard it that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of the Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. We need a soft heart to receive hard things. To love our enemies, can our love expand past our natural inclination or hard heart and lead us to the Father's love? When someone sets out to hurt us, our natural inclination is to want revenge, to do something and do it to them as they did to us. Instead, can we adopt Jesus' approach by first seeking their good? Jesus refused retaliation. When the mob, armed with clubs and swords, approached to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter retaliated by drawing the sword and cutting off the ear of the servant of the high priest. Jesus responded in love and healed his ear. Jesus also ignored those who tried to confront and provoke him. Can we follow his example and pray for those who confront and provoke us, bless them and return evil with good? Can we also surrender any expectation of our good towards them being returned? We think if we love our enemy, they will turn and love us. But it doesn't always happen. Jesus' enemies crucified him. We need to love our enemies from the place of I'm following Jesus with my new soft heart and not with a heart of stone. On the cross, as he was dying, Jesus asked his Father to forgive those who hated him and had him crucified. Such love. Remember Jesus says in Matthew 5, 48, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Perfect here means complete, mature. The only way to become perfect 
is by letting love complete us and perfect us. And the only way we can do this is by having a soft heart. This is how we engage with the hard things of God. Are you ready to accept the challenge to change? Mark is going to put the questions up now, so um, have a little minute to look at that, and then if you can come off YouTube, and all the details to zoom on as we usually do, are in the email that Mark sent out to you. So once you've got the questions, switch off your Zoom, your um, YouTube, and go into Zoom, and we'll meet you on the screen. So thanks everyone. Number one, what touches you most or stands out to you from this message? Number two, which of the three ways challenges you the most and why? They are repentance, go and learn, and stretch your love even further. And the last question or instruction, pray for each other to have soft hearts in the area where you most need to have changed.